your Bible this morning and want to share with me the reading of God's Word and what He's placed on my heart, turn with me to the book of John. And, uh, and we're going to read beginning with the 19th verse. So John chapter 19, or John chapter 20, excuse me, reading with the 19th verse. And we're going to read the 19th through the 21st verse and then slip down to verse 30. The Bible said, In the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples, when they were glad, when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said unto them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And now slip down, if you will, to verse number 30. And let this impact your spirit. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these, the ones that are written, these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that in believing, you may have life in his name. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning. Ask that you bow your heads and let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful for this beautiful morning that you have given us and for the opportunity that we each one have together here in the house of God. Thank you today, Lord, that we have felt the presence of your Holy Spirit as we have worshiped and as we have praised. And we come to the reading of the word and I just pray, Father, that you will give me ability to share what you have placed upon my heart. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would touch uh, the words that you would put in my mind and in my mouth. And that you would let the anointing of the Holy Spirit empower what is spoken. I pray that those that are here and those that watch Online, I pray, Heavenly Father, that each one will sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit and will be touched by the truth of your word. I ask all of these things, Lord, for the glory of God, for the edifying of the church. I ask them in Jesus' name, and everyone in agreement said amen. amen. So I want to title my message this morning, What Difference Does It Make? What difference does it make? Today is, of course, Resurrection Sunday, or what the world has come to know as Easter Sunday. For me personally, I prefer to refer to this glorious day as Resurrection Sunday. And it's obviously a big deal for much of the church world, right? Amen. It, it is a day of celebration about Jesus rising from the grave. No doubt we're all so familiar and we are aware that the secular world has made this holiday 
about the Easter bunny and eggs and all of that sort of thing. And I don't know about you this morning, but have you ever wondered where rabbits and the Easter eggs come in with the resurrection of Jesus? Well, the short answer, what do they have to do with the resurrection? The short answer is nothing. Absolutely nothing. The long answer is that historically, in many ancient Eastern cultures, both rabbits and eggs were used to symbolize the emergence of new life during the springtime. In fact, some historians claim that the tradition of hiding colored eggs in the field for children to find dates back even further in ancient time than even the birth of Christ. So concerning the word Easter itself, there are also several theories about, the, about where the word originated. Some say that the word Easter comes from the ancient Germanic calendar because their word for April is actually Easter. Others believe that the name Easter is derived from a particular Anglo-Saxon god, of spring, And then there are also those that claim that Easter comes from the Babylonian goddess of fertility and spring, Ishtar. And while it's true that all of those theories or thoughts could be up for debate, what we can actually truthfully determine is that the early Christian churches intentionally, absolutely and completely on purpose chose to establish a rival celebration that would take place every Sunday morning following the Passover celebration of Good Friday, celebrating the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead. And I would submit to you this morning that while the world has forgotten all about the Roman or the Greco-Roman mythological gods, I would submit that every Easter or every Resurrection Sunday that the world is reminded that Jesus Christ, some 2,000 years later, they're reminded that he rose from the grave. Amen. But I want to ask you a question this morning, and it's an honest question. Does it really matter? Does it matter? I mean, what difference does resurrection make? Have you ever stopped to consider? Maybe I should rephrase the question and say, how does resurrection or the resurrection of Jesus impact the way that we live our life on a daily basis? What difference does it make? Even for those of us that believe, even for those of us that believe that Christ rose from the grave on the third day may at times have a very difficult time articulating what difference it makes in our life. So when I say that Jesus Christ, the only begotten son of the living God, rose from the grave and he changed the world forever, maybe you are sitting here, maybe you are watching online, and you are asking yourself, how does the resurrection affect me? How, did, how does it affect my life on a daily basis? And this morning, I want to share with you three very simple ways that our text contains how the resurrection affects our life. 
Amen. I want to share with you three very simple things that the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart about resurrection because the resurrection makes all of the difference in the world. Because he lives. Because he lives. Amen. I, 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 as I was putting these notes together and, and preparing for the service today, I couldn't help but think of those simple words, because he lives. Because he lives, he makes a difference in our lives. Because he lives, and I couldn't help but think about that song, the little song that was written, Gloria Gaither, in the 1960s. She tells a story of how the Lord put that song upon her heart. And she tells that her and Bill at that time were having a very difficult time in their life. Her husband, Bill Gaither, had been sick. He was ill. Their music that they were trying to produce and trying to put forth was considered by critics as very unspiritual. Amen. On a New Year's Eve, Gloria Gaither writes, and I quote this morning, I sat in the darkness thinking about the rebellious world of all of the problems in the world. And here I am expecting our first child. And I thought about our baby that was yet unborn. And I thought who in their right mind would bring a child into a world such as this? And then she said, as I sat there and I contemplated those and I felt all of that anxiety and all of that frustration, she said, something happened and I can't quite explain what it was, she said, but in the next moment, suddenly I felt all of it release. And she said, I knew I sat there in the midst of that panic and, and in the midst of all of that anxiety. And suddenly there was a gentle, reassuring presence. And she says, and I quote again, she said, I heard a soft voice saying unto me, don't forget the empty tomb. Don't forget the empty tomb. And she knew, she said, I knew right then and there that I could have this baby and I could face the future with optimism and trust. And I could face the future because I had been reminded that because he was alive, everything would be all right. And she wrote the lyrics of that song. Some of those lyrics were in the song that she sang this morning for us. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you know the enemy would like for you to live in fear instead of faith? But because he lives, we can say no to fear and embrace faith because he is alive. Amen. She goes on to write, because I know who holds my future. Life is worth the living simply because Jesus lives. 
Amen. He lives this morning. Believe it. Beloved, when Jesus got up and walked out of the tomb, he changed everything for you. He changed everything for me. And he changed everything for this world. Amen. Because he lives, we can have confidence and we can have assurance and we can have joy and peace and light because our Savior, he lives this morning. Hallelujah. So the three simple things that I want to share with you that are found here in our text. Number one, the first thing that the Holy Spirit placed upon my heart. Amen. What difference does it make? The first difference that the resurrection makes is, amen, he gives us the, the peace of God. He gives us a reassuring peace. Because he is alive, we can have peace in our hearts. Jesus, his disciples, amen, after the first resurrection there in our text, after the first resurrection, the first words that Jesus says to them when he appears unto them is peace be with you. Peace be with you. The scripture says in that 19th verse, the same day at evening being the first day of the week or Sunday evening, it was the evening of the resurrection. Amen. The Bible said when the doors were shut and where the disciples were, amen, assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus just simply appeared in their midst and said, peace be unto you. Picture it in your mind this morning. Amen. It is Sunday evening and it has been some kind of a day. It has been some kind of a day. The women were early at the tomb and they found the stone had been rolled away, but they could not find the body of Christ. The Bible tells us the story in the book of Luke chapter 24. The Bible said on the first day, the first day of the week, early in the morning, the women came to the tomb bearing spices so that they could pair, prepare his body for burial. And when they got there, they found the stone had been rolled away. Amen. And the Bible said they entered in and they found not the body of Christ. And it came to pass while they were much perplexed and they were in there it were in an attitude of uncertainty the bible said that two men stood by them in white apparel saying unto them why seek ye the living among the dead he's not here for he has risen remember how he spake unto you while he was yet in galilee and the bible said they remembered his words and they left the tomb excited to tell the rest of the brethren the good news, the Bible says that John believes. In the book of John, the Bible tells us that Mary Magdalene had saw him that first thing in the morning and mistook him for the gardener. The Bible also tells us in Luke chapter 24 that Luke, the physician, Dr. Luke and Cleophas are walking the road to Emmaus and suddenly Jesus joins them and they don't even know who he is. The Bible said that their hearts burned on the inside because of the words that he spoke unto them. John believed, the women believed, Peter didn't know what to believe. It had been quite a day. It had been quite a day. 
and it's the end of the day and they are shut in a room. The doors are locked and they are afraid of the Jews, the, Jew, the religious individuals that had Christ crucified. They are, they, are, they are locked away for fear of the Jews, thinking that those same religious leaders that had Jesus crucified would be coming for them. And suddenly, Jesus just simply appears in their midst and says, peace be with you. The peace that Jesus spoke of was more than just a sense of calm or tranquility. The word is shalom. Shalom is rich with meaning. It means completeness. Completeness or wholeness or serenity or harmony of life. Understand that when Jesus said, peace be with you, he was saying, I want you to receive complete wholeness and complete serenity. I want you to receive complete tranquility and complete peacefulness. I want you to receive complete reassurance and complete comfort. I want you to be at peace with your spirit because I am alive. Mm. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 29 and verse number 11, the Lord will strengthen his people and the Lord will bless his people with peace. Isaiah 26 and 3, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusts in thee. John chapter 14 and verse number 27, we read the words of Jesus and he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. John chapter 16 and verse number 33, Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace in the world. He said, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Mm. John, amen, 16 and 33, he's saying, I'm giving my peace unto you. You may experience tribulation in this world, but because I have given you peace, you can be an overcomer. Philippians chapter four and verse seven, Paul says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 9 says those things which ye have learned and received and have heard and have seen me do and do those things and the God of peace shall be with you. The Bible says in Romans 14 and 17 for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I came to tell you this morning that because he lives we can have peace in our heart we live in a world this morning that is void of peace 
We live in a world this morning, amen, that is void of peace. But what we need to remember is that Christ has risen from the grave and we know who holds our tomorrow. And because he lives, we can have peace in our spirit. Because he lives, we can have peace with God. Because he lives, we can have a personal relationship with the creator of this world who gives us abundant life. Every day we can experience his love, his grace, and his compassion. Every day we can experience shalom. We can experience wholeness and completeness and serenity and harmony in our lives all because Jesus lives. Number two, the resurrection makes a difference because it makes it possible to live with purpose. Amen. Secondly, the resurrection makes it possible for us to live with purpose. Look at verse number 22 or 20 and 21, excuse me. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then his disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said unto them again, peace to you. And now listen to this. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Because of the resurrection, we have purpose every day. He said, as the Father sent me, I also send you. Jesus is saying, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Amen. Where was he sending them? Everywhere. Everywhere. He said, take this gospel to the entire ends of the earth. In other words, beloved, he's not just saying it to them, but he's saying it to us. And in other words, uh, amen, they were going to become ambassadors for Christ. Uh, their mission, should they choose to accept it, was to spread the word about the cross uh, and the empty tomb. Their mission, should they choose to accept it, uh, was to share the message of Jesus uh, with their friends, their neighbors, and their relatives. Uh, their message uh, was to use their love, their lives, and their lips uh, to testify about the power of a living Christ. And I tell you this morning, that is our same mission. We have been called because he lives, we have purpose. Because he lives, beloved, I know why I exist. Because he lives, I know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life and my time here upon planet Earth. Because he lives, I know how I'm supposed to live my life, yielded to his will and yielded to his word and yielded to his eternal plan. Because he lives, my life has purpose and my life has calling. Because he lives, I have a mission. Amen. I have an obligation because he lives I have meaning and significance in my life and I say to you this morning because he lives so do you you have a purpose upon this planet to do something for the kingdom of God mm. it's resurrection Sunday I'm supposed to be a little more dignified I'm going to say but it ain't in me 
so I just might as well be me. Because he lives, we can have peace every day. How does the resurrection, what difference does it make? The resurrection makes a difference every day because we can have peace. Peace with God. Peace in God. Peace in our spirit. Peace in a troubled world. We have purpose and calling. We have mission and direction. Obligation and responsibility. Number three. The resurrection makes a difference because it makes it possible to live in promise. Because he lives, we have promise. Go down to, again to that 30, 30th verse and that 31st verse. And remember what he said. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples. John is saying that I am only telling you part of it. I am only sharing part of what he did. He says, many other signs he did in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these, the things that I have written, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And in believing, I love this, and in believing, you may have life in his name. Life in his name. In believing, you may have life in his name. Doesn't that sound vaguely familiar? The golden text of the Bible, John 3.16, says these words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have what life and everlasting life all through the ministry of Jesus he promised life everlasting life to those that believed in him the resurrection makes a difference because I can live in promise hmm Jesus made it clear in John 10 and 10. He said that the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. It's abundant life that we anticipate as believers. There are many people in this world that are looking for a long and happy life. Amen. But Jesus offers more than just a long and happy life. He offers life forever. He offers eternal life. He offers life without end. He offers life and that more abundant because he is alive himself. Amen. Hallelujah. John 11 and 25. Jesus said these words, I am the resurrection and the light. Let me just tell you this morning. Amen. The resurrection is not just an event. It's a person. It's Jesus. I am the resurrection. 
Amen. He holds the power of life and death in his hand. He holds the power to the kingdom of darkness in his hand. How, Brother White? How, Pastor Gary? Because he died. He arose from the grave and he arose victorious over the enemy, over our adversary. And he lives in complete victory. And because he lives, we shall live also with him. Hmm. Hallelujah. How do you know these things to be true? I read a little story the other day about a Muslim in Africa who became a Christian and his friends berated him and said, how could you do such a thing? Why have you done such a thing? And he answered them and he said, well, it's like this. Suppose that you were going down the road and you came to a fork in the road that went in two different directions. And you didn't know which way to go. But there at the fork in the road were two men. One was dead and one was alive. Which one would you ask for directions? <laughs> I'm going with the live one. Hello? <laughs> I'm going with the one who is alive. The resurrection makes it possible for us to live in promise. Promise of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Because he lived, we have the promise of eternal life. The resurrection makes a difference because it brings peace, it brings purpose, and it brings promise every single day to our hearts. Saints of God, the resurrection makes a difference because we have peace and purpose and promise and the resurrection of Jesus changed everything for us. He changed our sin into salvation. He changed our death into life. He translated us from darkness into light. He changed works into grace. Oh, hallelujah. He changed the calendar from B.C. to A.D. He changed our past. He changed our present. And he changed our future. He put new wine in new wineskins. Amen. He put victory within reach of all who call upon the name of the Lord. He changed this world forever by the power of his resurrection. Jesus said, no man takes my life, but I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to pick it back up again this commandment have I received of my father amen amen the resurrection of Jesus announces that death is no longer a prison death is no longer a prison but it is merely a passageway into the presence of God. That's why Paul could write, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? There is none because Christ, amen, has become the first fruits of those that were dead. The resurrection proclaims to the whole world that you can nail truth to the cross. You can wrap it in burial clothes and put it in the grave, but truth will rise again. Hallelujah. Paul writes these words, and I close with this because I want to have communion service this morning with you. But Paul writes these words in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16. He writes these words and he says, without controversy. 
Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up to glory. Church, as we approach this beautiful holy day, as we celebrate the resurrection, let's not forget the great mystery of godliness. That mystery is this, that Jesus Christ, who was fully God, took upon himself the form of human flesh, and he dwelt among us. He lived a sinful or a sinless life. He lived entirely fulfilling all of the obligations of the old law on behalf of us who could not keep it. And after his life, he gave his life a sacrifice, amen, to those or for those who were deserving of death. He gave his life. He, 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 he paid the debt that he did not owe for us. And he conquered death and he conquered the grave by bodily resurrection. And then he appeared unto hundreds of people, amen, before ascending into the heavens and sitting down at the right hand of God the Father. Amen, I tell you this morning, we worship a risen Savior, and this morning we should celebrate the good news and call to remembrance the sacrifice that he made and call to remembrance and celebrate the new life that he makes possible to each one of us through his shed blood and the new covenant, amen, of his, of, of, of his word. Bow your heads this morning, if you will, please. Amen, amen, amen. I, I, I know this morning, as your heads are bowed, I know this morning that traditionally it is very appropriate with the established church that, you know, communion would be received on Good Friday. Well, I just, I just, I just feel in my spirit this morning that the Lord would like for us to observe that beautiful, that beautiful Good Friday, the sacrifice that was made, and that beautiful resurrection morning because he rose and he lives. Heads are bound this morning and eyes are closed and we're going to pray. I'm going to ask the two ushers that I've asked to just begin to pass out the communion, please. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful today for the wonderful opportunity that you have blessed us with to be here in the house of God. Thank you, Lord, that in the world that we live, when lives are in turmoil and anxiety and frustration, that, Lord, you bring peace. Every day you offer peace to our hearts, peace that passes all understanding. Thank you that because you live, Lord, and because of the resurrection, we, we have purpose and that you have sent us on a mission to be your ambassadors, to represent you in this world. We have mission. We have purpose. 
Thank you for the promise, Lord, that this life is not all that there is. But, oh, God, thank you that there is life to come when we take our last breath. It's just a simple transition from this dimension into the realm of heaven. Thank you, Lord, that you have promised that we too will live with you eternally. Because you live, Lord, we can face tomorrow. Because you live, Lord, all, all fear is gone. Because you live, we know who holds our future. And Lord, this life is worth living because you live. Thank you, Father. I just pray this morning, Lord, that we will take the opportunity to celebrate. To celebrate the wonderful, glorious resurrection. And to acknowledge the sacrifice that you made for our redemption. Touch our hearts there this morning, Lord. Let, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to our hearts in this place as we observe the Lord's Supper.